0: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au Nick Watson, who's an author and a speaker, a long-time minister of the gospel, 30 years as a pastor, and uh, his first book was called You Can Prophesy, Supernatural, Simple and Safe. He has a new book coming out too, and part of his new book will involve Uh, discussing issues of the wisdom of god now opening our talk back lines this hour you can be a part of our conversation 1-800-316-316 you might have your own story to tell you might have a question you might have something to contribute to our conversation 1-800-316-316 let's welcome our guest nick watson welcome back to 2020 yeah thanks very much neil it's an honor to be here Well, Nick, last time we talked, we were talking about a very simple concept that every Christian really needs to have a handle on, and that is if you... Uh, reading the Bible, and you see something that you think, you know what, God is speaking to me. How do I actually tell someone that God is speaking to me? Because in a sense, we're actually doing something that uh, we sometimes think is controversial, and that is prophesying. The idea of a Christian believer who has the presence of the Holy Spirit living within them and the ability to actually speak something of godly wisdom. Uh, This is something that you've majored on now for
1: many, many years. Yes. uh, Look, I think it's important that people realize God wants to use us as his spokesperson. And that can come in very natural ways or can come in supernatural ways. And sadly, too many people can be a spokesperson for the world or for the devil. But God says, well, no, hang on. Let me have uh, room to move in your life and let me speak through you. And that can be just by quoting the Bible to someone or it can be some other positive word of encouragement or word of love or something insightful that just God gives you. And it's beyond your normal way of thinking. And it just pops into your head spontaneously, which is an indication of the Holy Spirit. And as long as it's still a positive thing that's not spontaneous rubbish, but spontaneous goodness, (laughs) you can share that with someone else and be confident that God wants to bless that person through what you say.
0: And your book was entitled You Can Prophesy, uh, Supernatural, Simple and Safe. Now, that word safe catches my attention uh, because, you know, there'll be people who have stories perhaps uh, where wrong things or wrong motives uh, have been used when people sort of start talking about this terminology of prophesying, but safety is a huge thing. And I know you spend a bit of time just helping people to make sure that when they are hearing from God and telling others what they believe that God has said, that there is a safety element.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I've got a number of guidelines about that. of course, the most important guideline is that what you're saying is biblical. And so you must have a biblical foundation for whatever messages are from the Lord for someone else. But there are also guidelines of being tested by other people as well as tested by the Word of God. And yourself being in a good place with God, you can't have someone that's in a bad place supposedly speak for God. So there are character issues involved there as well as devotional issues and uh, the motive of the heart toward other people. And it's important in the guidelines that I give that there are certain areas of prophecy that really are to be avoided, such as you don't talk to people about sin in their life, you don't prophesy who they're going to marry or when they're going to have a child or things of this nature that are far beyond the scope of a normal uh, prophetic message as described by 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I guess when you have safeguards,
0: it means that there are some things that can go wrong and uh, there may be listeners who'd like to contribute to our conversation today because we're going to be talking about uh, the wisdom of God and how you appropriate the wisdom of God into our daily circumstances uh, into the choices that we make in our lives. And so uh, listeners invited to be a part of our conversation today. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 That's one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Nick, let me ask you about your new book, which is not out yet, but which is very, very close. Uh, your new book is entitled Lessons from My
1: Dog. <laughs>
0: you better explain what that's all about. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, it so happened that a number of years ago, my daughter was getting married to our wonderful son-in-law, Pete, and when I do a wedding, I like to do something that's relevant and personal to the individual couple. And if it's possible, I like to take something that's significant to them and bring some biblical lessons out of it. And so in this case, uh, I'm a dog lover. My daughter's a dog lover. She had the parent of my dog. And so I looked at some lessons that I could bring in a marriage context uh, in that regard, such as dogs are faithful. So stay faithful in marriage. Secondly, that uh, dogs do not take offence. If you have to discipline a dog, you give it a bit of a whack, you put it outside. No sooner does the dog get outside, it turns round again, wagging its tail, uh, wanting to come back in. It's completely forgiven <laughs> and it's completely forgotten, uh, the incident of discipline. And so there's no ill feeling between you. So I drew about five lessons uh, out of uh, my relationship with Chloe, our dog, <laughs> and, uh, and it really did go very well. And now it's the subject of a book. <laughs> Undoubtedly, we'll talk some more about it. Lessons from my dog,
0: faith lifters that bless and build believers. Uh, one of the chapters that you write about in your new book is about this topic we're talking about today: the wisdom of God. Uh, there is a sense in which wisdom really is the uh, the penultimate thing that we all need, and a lot of these other, you know, when we talk about prophesying and various things like that, and uh, people will be familiar with those passages in the scriptures, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these things they're building up the believer. But wisdom seems to be like a foundation for a oh, lot of those things absolutely. that happen. When we want to hear from God, it's His wisdom that we're searching for.
1: Oh, absolutely, and if you have. God's wisdom you will have the fruit and the blessing of that and one of the things that really caught my attention as to why I included this in the book is the reading of Proverbs chapter 3 and when you read Proverbs chapter 3 it talks about these benefits of using God's wisdom I'll just read them to you that I've clipped out of Proverbs 3 number one an extended lifespan with peace and prosperity Number two, the Lord will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Number three, health to your body, nourishment to your bones. Number four, riches and honor. Number five, pleasant ways, peace and blessing. Number six, safety and sweet sleep. Number seven, you will not be afraid of sudden disaster or ruin, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared or stumbling. Now, their are benefits I'd like to have in my life. And that's straight out of the Bible, that's straight out of Absolutely. Proverbs,
0: and yep. Proverbs, the book of wisdom, and uh, and so I note that uh, that throughout that particular chapter in your new book, uh, you concentrate a lot on the wisdom that's coming out of the book of Proverbs.
1: Yes, that's right. Well, look, Proverbs has got so much to teach us. It covers every area of life that you can possibly imagine, money, relationships, godliness, how to handle adversity, how to handle yourself. And uh, there are so many life lessons to be learned from that book. And although my new book is not exclusively directed to Proverbs, it certainly does draw a lot from it because God has shaped and molded my life through various uh, Proverbs that I've read, which I hope everyone reads on a regular basis, that book, because it, it just constantly speaks to you.
0: And, of course, Proverbs, because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, a lot of people actually make that a part of their daily Bible reading routine. And I've met lots of people who actually say, well, uh, what's the date today? Oh, today's the 31st. I'm reading chapter 31 in Proverbs. And, of course, you know, that's a very famous chapter, too, uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. yes. Uh, So uh, women love that particular chapter in Proverbs. And so tomorrow you'd go to Proverbs chapter one and and you'd be reading this wisdom. And I know that there are some people who just read those Proverbs over and over and over. And the sense of Uh, wisdom uh, permeating your whole being uh, can come from that absorption in the scriptures. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So when the decisions come that you need to make in your life, those things come to the fore. Is that the way that uh, the wisdom of God works?
1: Yes. Look, I think you've hit a really important point there because when you soak in the wisdom of God, circumstances squeeze your life, shall I say, and then what comes out is the wisdom of God because you've soaked it in, you get squeezed by life, out comes the wisdom, so you know how to progress in the relationship, you know how to solve the problem, you know how to make progress with the opportunity that's ahead of you. And this is one of the great things about the Lord that he invests his treasures in us and then he gives us the ability to use them for his glory and for the blessing of others and for our advancement in his purposes. So soaking in the wisdom is really important and it does then begin to renew your mind and it begins to give you almost an automatic ability to make the right choices. Uh,
0: One of those other scriptures, and I can't think of a chapter and verse right now, but I think it's in, uh, I think it's in uh, Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart. Yes, it is. That I might not sin against you. Absolutely. And that's for a lot of people, you know, through their Christian life perhaps has been a, a memory verse. And one of those that you tuck away and you recognize the value of hiding the word of God in your heart. Because in the circumstance when you need the
1: wisdom of God, the word of God, it comes to the fore. Yes, and I think the important part about this point you're making, Neil, is that this is not automatic in the sense that you can't squeeze out what isn't in there in the first place. So for a Christian to have this godly wisdom, for a Christian to have this protection of holiness that you've just described by imbibing the word of God, they've firstly got to take it in. So if a Christian doesn't take it in, then they don't have that defense mechanism against sin and they don't have that automatic access to the mind of the Lord. So there is a responsibility that you've got to receive before you can give. You've got to take the word of God in before you can put it to good use. So that's a an important principle you've just quoted there. Your word have I hidden in my heart. And I might not sin against you or that I uh, might also make the right choices at the right time. Now, let me
0: ask you, Nick Watson, about this connection here. And when we talk about uh, hearing from God than telling someone else, the exercise of a very basic gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the connection here between the truth of God that we might have absorbed in our lives, the circumstance that we come across in our day-to-day activity or in the choices that we're making, how do we actually recognize that it is the voice of God that we are hearing that brings his wisdom to the fore uh, to apply into our circumstances?
1: Well, I think the things that I've used before as an illustration is it would be wonderful if God spoke like a Texan. And if the devil spoke like a Russian mafia and our own thoughts were like the Aussies that we are. Now, that would be wonderful because we would hear that accent and we would just know straight away, oh, that's Texan. That's God. (laughs) Oh, well, that's Italian. Yeah, well, that's uh, the devil. Oh, that's Aussie. That's me. That would make things simple. Unfortunately, it's not quite that simple because what the situation is, is that. God is spirit, so he speaks to our spirit. The devil is also a spirit. He speaks to our spirit. And in order for us to understand the message, it's got to go from the spirit to the soul. And as soon as the message hits the soul, it all sounds the same. It all sounds like me. So the accent is not the way. What is the way? Often it's the content of the message. And the impact of the message. So, if what I feel I'm receiving is positive, it's uplifting, it gives me faith, it gives me peace, it gives me joy, it gives me encouragement for that other person, then I can pretty much say that's God. But if, on the other hand, the message that comes into my mind, if it's negative, if it's critical, if it's nasty, if it's horrible, if it's uh, putting somebody down or whatever, then we can pretty safely say that is not God. Uh, that's the devil it might be my own negativity but it's certainly not God and so there's a a, a factor of what does it sound like what's God likely to say and in the age of grace God says good and positive things he doesn't say horrible things to people and so that would be a clear indication that it was God the content of the message and also what it does to you and you think to yourself now how's this going to impact that person if I say that to them And you know if you're feeling excited, if you're feeling joy, if you're feeling peace within yourself about this message, you know it's going to have that kind of effect on that other person as well. What comes to mind for me is you're saying those things,
0: Uh, Galatians chapter 5, where we read about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, And now this is different to gifts, but when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and of course what that fruit of the Spirit follows is uh, Paul's description of the fruit of the flesh. That's right. Uh, So if you can discern the difference between all of the bad stuff, and what the good stuff is like, then you've got something of a foundation to know when that message that you're bringing actually comes from the heart of God.
1: That's right. And now I've used the words content and impact, and you've used the word fruit, but they are related. You know, is the is the is the fruit the content negative? Is the result of that fruit going to be negative? That's the impact. Or is it good fruit? Is it going to produce a good impact on people? Is it a good message that you want to pass on? So quite frankly, the the, the choice between those two is a very great analogy between the spiritual gifts and you know, how you can tell the difference between them. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: It's Neil with you. Our special guest this hour is Nick Watson, author and speaker. His new book is called Lessons from My Dog. One of the chapters in there is all about the wisdom of God and how you appropriate the wisdom of God into everyday circumstances. Our talk back line open. You might have a story to share. You might have your own thoughts on what we're discussing today. Uh, Nick Watson, let's talk about the ways that you get wisdom. You have uh, taken a little time to cover that in your chapter. Uh, what about ways we actually get this wisdom from the heart of God?
1: Well, now, the first way is what the Bible says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the Bible says in the New Testament, James, it says, when you are a believer who truly fears God... You can ask God to give you his wisdom. You can ask God to reveal his will to you. So if you want to hear from God and you want to grow in wisdom, you want to get all the benefits of wisdom we talked about earlier, then you need to be in relationship with God. I mean, the Bible says it's the fool that says in his heart there's no God. So if you you don't put God right at the center of the picture, then you're not going to flow in godly wisdom. And that's the simple beginning and ending of the matter. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about there too. Let's take a
0: call though. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Sefer in Cottesloe in WA. Hello, welcome along. Hi, how are you? Very good. Uh, welcome to the conversation. What is your thoughts on what we're, we're talking about today? Okay, my, my, my thought was uh,
2: it's good about uh, what they talking uh how you hear god i'm a kind of a new christian and uh but i gotta uh, uh, I, I get the battle between a good will a good uh, thought or is it, is that uh, god talking to me or it's just my good will because he was saying that if we someone is uh, talking really bad or putting down someone that's might be not God, you know. Uh, so I was just uh, trying to find out, well, if God is saying all these things, good things, could be my just goodwill, what uh, my upbringing, nothing to do with the religious.
0: Okay, I, I like what you're saying. Let's hear from Nick Watson, uh, Nick. Uh, when we, you know, is it just coming from our good upbringing that we want to say something good uh, from what's deep within, perhaps the way we've been nurtured, or uh, how do you tell the difference between whether it's something that you're speaking from God?
1: Well, thank you, uh, Sifa, for that observation. And look, I do believe that our heart plays a role. In what we speak, the Bible tells us that our heart is the uh, author of our words. And so when you want to say something good, it can be your own heart. It can be the fact that you are an encouraging person, a nurturing person, and that you've been raised that way. However, the way of knowing that God is wanting to speak through you is when what you want to say has got a biblical foundation. Now, I know myself when I started to share things with other people as a new Christian like you're in now, I would try and read the Bible and find if there was something in the Bible that was, uh, along the same lines as what I was wanting to say or pray or share with someone. And I would even perhaps ask advice of someone and say, look, I feel I would like to tell Fred such and such. Uh, do you think uh, God would say something like that to Fred? And then the person I'm asking, Peter, might say, oh, yes, definitely. Fred will be so encouraged if you tell him that. And so you you can begin to grow yourself in knowing is what you're saying biblical. Secondly, you can have people help you uh, to determine if what you're wanting to say is truly from the Lord. And as you grow more fully in the things of God, you learn not only his word, but you learn God himself. You learn to recognize him as a person, and that will help you again go to another level of discernment.
0: See from Cottesloe in WA. Thank you so much for being part of 2020 today, uh, Nick Watson. It is one of these issues here. Uh, when you are a young Christian, uh, you do want to have some encouragement that if you're going to begin to uh, tell others what you believe you are hearing from God, uh, you perhaps do need that uh, that extra little oversight because, as you know, there are complexities when you're when you're talking about biblical things, and sometimes uh, you're going to get it wrong. Uh, but I guess getting it wrong isn't the thing that should hold you back from actually pursuing the wisdom of God and the ability to be able to share that with others.
1: Look, I have written in my book uh, about prophecy concerning a whole chapter about prophetic mistakes. And one of the reasons that the word safe is in the title is because I want to help people know what are the proper boundaries and guidelines and how to avoid making mistakes. And you've highlighted one which Cifa has raised here, and that is that you need to have mentoring. You You need to have other people who are wiser and further along the journey to shepherd you into your own personal growth. And so they will help you know, yes, that's from God. No, it isn't. And so you just say, well, Lord, you need to sharpen my discernment and so on. So it is important that there are safety margins in what we share. Mistakes, uh, we've all made mistakes at some point. But when you prophesy the way my first book says, you won't do damage with your mistakes because what you'll be saying will be positive anyway. You won't be telling people, sell your house and move to Tasmania or something like that. You, you won't be giving those kind of instructions uh, to people through prophecy. You'll be using prophecy in the First Corinthians 12 sense, which is to exhort, encourage and comfort. And if you stay within those boundaries, uh, you're not going to do much damage there. You are on 2020. It's Neil
0: Johnson with you. We're talking about wisdom this hour and how you appropriate that, the wisdom of God, into your life circumstances and the life choices that you might make. Nick Watson, author and speaker, is our guest. His new book, which is not on the bookshelves yet, is called Lessons from My Dog, Faith Lifters that Bless and Build Believers. One of the chapters that he's written in there caught my eye and uh, we're discussing some of those issues today of the wisdom of god Uh, let's take another call nick Uh, you can be part of our conversation today our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316 let's hear from robin in mount morgan in queensland hello robin welcome along hello hi great to hear from you robin what are your thoughts on what we're talking about today
3: um i I was really excited to hear nick because he's just about covered all the bases i think it's very good what he said um Firstly, to really know the Lord, you really got to know him personally and to read his word and apply it to your life so that you get to know him more, you get to recognize his voice. And in that way, too, you recognize the nature of God and also the nature of the devil. I just wanted to say the adverse side. Um, when I was psych nursing, it was really funny because I remembered reading my Bible and in Proverbs, I think it was Proverbs, and every time it said, "and the fool does this and the fool does that," and the fool, I, I kept seeing my patients every all the time because I, I know that I'm not talking about them in themselves, but the the devil's nature that has uh, robbed them, you know, or or impressed himself on them. So a lot of their character or or their illness is. Um, to me, it's just like the, the nature of the devil. At least my, my Bible was making that clear. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, um, yes, I've heard um, directly from the Lord um, quite a few times, well, a few times in my lifetime, but mostly I get my leading from from Scripture. And um, the other thing I, I was going to say is very often when there's a repetition of Scripture, sometimes it's taken a long time before I've realized, oh, God is speaking to me, because I kept getting the same Scripture over and over and over. And so, um, and also coincidental happening. Sometimes God will give me something in Scripture, and if I'm not sure, then there'll be some circumstances that will line up, and then another circumstance will line up exactly to do with that too. So I, I think that um, God will all... I always, if I'm in doubt, I always ask God, please give me two more times. Can you tell me in two different other ways? So I always, if it's something important, I always ask for a three-times confirmation.
0: I think that's great wisdom. Nick Watson, your thoughts on what Robin is sharing.
1: Yes, Robin, uh, thank you for your insights there. And, uh, you certainly are a mature Christian, and uh, I believe that what you've indicated is correct, that if God wants to speak to us about something serious, mm. he will do say it more than once. Mm. And uh, we can count on him that he will, for example, when Lynn and I have shifted interstate, we heard from the scripture we heard from circumstance we heard from people there was all sorts of things oh. fell into line in order for us to make that massive decision to move into state and so certainly as you've indicated the knowledge of the word that uh, you have experienced and God speaking through his word. One of the first things I say to people, if you want to hear from God, read your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, And then the simplest form of prophecy is that you've enjoyed something from the Bible and you share that with someone else. Well, that's a prophetic thing because you've taken a message from God that blessed you and you're now passing it on to bless someone else. So I think you're very much on the right track in how you're approaching both life and your own decision-making but also the fact that God can use you to be a blessing to others, Robin. Well done.
0: Robin from Mount Morgan, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to be part of our conversation, you might have your own story to share and you might have your own contribution, as Robin has done. Interesting thing that Robin raises there, Nick, is that uh, you know sometimes, and you mentioned it too, you reaffirmed it, the idea of getting the counsel of others and uh, that being a part of the way that you hear from God. But for a lot of people, they'll say, well, I don't want to get into that spooky sort of stuff, uh, hearing from God in a sort of a spooky way. I'll just rely on the counsel of others. But what you're really saying in that, I guess, is that uh, you're relying on others to hear from God when you really ought to be hearing
1: from God yourself. Absolutely. Neil, you've really hit it on the head there. And we can't delegate our responsibility to build our own relationship with God and our own responsibility to hear the voice of God. And again, counsel is important. That's one of the most important criteria that I've used in this chapter about wisdom, is that on major issues, you really must get godly counsel because it's not only a matter of getting the Lord's what, you also have to get the Lord's way and the Lord's when. So just getting the message itself isn't enough. You need to then know, OK, how am I meant to implement this message? And is it for now or is it for a later time? So that's where the counsel of others can say, look, is this from God? Yes. All right, if it is from God, how do I implement it? We are talking about the wisdom of God. You might like to contribute
0: to our conversation, 1-800-316-316. How do you hear from God? Uh, what is the connection between God's words and God's wisdom and how to apply that wisdom in our choices? Nick, uh, we were cut short a little uh, early, uh, just uh, before you were talking about some ways that we can get wisdom, you started off talking about the fear of God, and uh, you know that uh, very popular uh, scripture there. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Yes. Uh, other ways that we can
1: get this wisdom from God. Okay, the second way that I've listed here is to position yourself to gain knowledge and understanding. And you made a comment when we were off air a moment ago about the fact that there is a terrible level of biblical illiteracy in the church. And that is certainly something that needs to be addressed. People have got to spend time with the Word of God. You can't just go to church and hear a sermon once a Sunday or once a fortnight or whatever it may be and hope to develop levels of discernment. And wisdom that are going to help you, not only spiritually, but practically in your vocation, relationally, and how you handle life situations financially. All sorts of areas where the wisdom of God will enrich your life, but it doesn't come cheap or easy or automatically. You actually have to put some work into it to develop knowledge and understanding which is the second way to get wisdom. And I guess that starts in our younger years. It's tempting to be able to
0: say, well, this sort of stuff, this is the things I start to hear from older people in church life or my parents who give me that wisdom and tap me on the shoulder when they can see me going the wrong way. But but you need to have the wisdom of God as a young person as much as you do when you're going through those years, when you get married and you have a family and then you move into your career and you're sort of doing that, uh, you know, settling in your, your household, your life is coming together, then you sort of get into grandparenthood years, those sorts of things.
1: Uh, the wisdom of God right from the very beginning is the
0: important thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. It certainly is. And I like this proverb, fifteen fourteen. It says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge, but the fool feeds on stupidity and rubbish. Now, ain't that a fact? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, does this have something to do with your new book uh, where you've broken down your master book and we've been talking about lessons from my dog but you're actually uh, doing something to break this book down so that it becomes very accessible for people and you've broken it down into four different categories and you're going to release those as four mini booklets, as samplers for the for the bigger book um, where you're talking about Faith Food Snack Packs Yes Uh, Does this have something to do with what we're talking about here
1: Well look the thing is this With the the book I have uh, split it up In a more topical way Uh, One book is emphasizing Overcoming And another one is about The Holy Spirit uh, more Another one is about having a healthy soul Which in itself If you don't have a healthy soul You won't operate in godly wisdom you, you, if your mind is full of hurts and full of confusion and full of fear and full of negativity and all that sort of stuff, you are not going to be in a place where you can hear from God or where you can operate in godly wisdom. I mean, one of the things that I talk about in this chapter is that you've got to control yourself in order to operate in wisdom. And that's another aspect of the maturity that's needed in order to make the kind of decisions that will lead you all those beautiful benefits of of uh, psalm uh, sorry proverbs 3 that we looked at earlier prosperity and good sleep and and uh, doing well in life these things come partly because you develop a healthy soul and out of that you're able to plug into the wisdom of God life culture and current events from a biblical perspective
0: 2020 on vision, it's Neil with you. Our guest this hour is Nick Watson, author and speaker. Thirty years a pastor, and uh, these days, I guess you are in retirement, Nick. Though you've been spending a lot of time uh, sitting there with the keyboards, uh, getting these books together, and I guess you're looking for opportunities too. If people were going to invite you to be a speaker at their church or their conference, you'd be open to those suggestions.
1: Yes, uh, certainly feel that the Lord has called me to serve the wider body. Uh, than my previous church, Bayside Christian Family Church in Wyndham West, and they're going really well. But uh, right now my focus is on spreading the good news, as it were, that the Lord has given me. I've had some tremendous reviews of the book from people internationally as well as uh, here in Australia, and from a wide spectrum of uh, faiths as well, different denominations in other words. So, yes, I'm very uh, delighted to you know have this book so close to completion. It should be uploaded to the publisher tonight. And uh, if I have the opportunity to go to a different church to share some of the thoughts that God has given me, then uh, that would be certainly fulfilling what I believe the Lord wants at this time. Uh, we'll give some contact details
0: uh, in just a
1: few minutes uh,
0: let's come back to the wisdom of God and appropriating the wisdom of God into our day-to-day circumstances into the choices that we make in our lives uh, you've quoted uh, a number of quotes which are very confronting in your chapter on wisdom uh, tell us some of these quotes that you've got from uh, is that. Will Rogers Will
1: Rogers, correct he was an American comedian, philosopher Uh, in about the 1920s or 30s, I think. And one of his most famous statements is this one. He says, good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that experience comes from bad judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: because the interesting thing is, and I've come across these people as you would have too, saying, well, I don't need everybody's advice. I want to learn from my own mistakes. (laughs) Oh, dear. And what that 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 quote does, of course, you do learn from your mistakes, uh, but
1: uh, <laughs> but why learn from why learn from your own if you can learn from others? there is a proverb in the Message Bible that says this: Simpletons only learn the hard way, but the wise learn by listening. <laughs> So there is a difference You don't have to go through the same mistakes others
0: made. And the interesting thing that we draw from talking about those uh, words of wisdom from comedians and from the scripture is that you can actually be wise at a young age with Absolutely. having not made those mistakes because you have tapped into the wisdom of God, which has a transcendency about it for all generations and all cultures and, uh, and this is the way you sort of short-circuit the whole idea of having to make your own mistakes. Look
1: at the life of Jesus. He's 12 years old. He says specifically in Luke 2.52, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And he goes into the temple and confounds these guys that are four times his age or three times his age who've been studying all these years and... Even at that age of 12, he had plugged into the wisdom of God. He had studied the word of God and God had revealed his mind and his heart. And so Jesus was in this amazing place of a young man being so capable of making the right kind of decisions. And you're absolutely right that a teenager can plug into this wisdom of God and lay a great foundation for a successful life while they're young. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of uh, young people, uh,
0: teenagers, as we're talking about here now, and uh, applying the wisdom of God. Because when you're a teenager, uh, you're looking forward in your life. Sometimes it's hard to see very far ahead. I remember back to my teenage years, it was pretty hard to think of even five years in, in, in the distance. But you're making some crucial decisions about your life as a young person. You're thinking about what sort of career you might choose. You're thinking about, uh, is someone going to marry me? And, uh, you know, I might have a choice of a number of people who might be uh, potential suitors. But then uh, which one should I marry? Uh, what should I be planning about my family? One day I'll have a career and I'll have spare money. Maybe I'll have more money than I need. What will I do with it? Uh, these sorts of questions, applying the wisdom of God to circumstances, can make all the difference for a life that is yet to be lived.
1: Oh, yes. Look, even in terms of relationships, as you say, for a young person that's coming to that place of saying, look, I need to get married, there was an old saying that said, marry in haste, repent At leisure, which means you marry quickly and you've got a lifetime to deal with the consequences of that. So it is so important that we marry the right person at the right time for the right reasons. And if everybody did that and if everybody did it as unto the Lord and let God's wisdom be involved in the choice of who their life partner was, I'm sure we'd have less divorce uh, in the world of what we have now. And, of course, we go
0: through our lives and we don't always make right, godly, wise decisions. Uh, When you're wanting to clear up the mess, uh, having made wrong decisions, having put the wrong priorities in place and having made some mistakes that you now realise, these things I could have avoided, how do you start to fix uh, the stuff that went wrong?
1: Well, look, in some instances, if it's a relational issue, you've just got to humble yourself and go back to those people and say, look, I'm sorry, Uh, I did the wrong thing there. I said the wrong thing there. Uh, Would you please forgive me? Um, One of the ways that I've talked about growing in wisdom is the fact that you have to control yourself. And the Bible says here, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind, self-discipline and self-control. And if you think about these areas of life, people need to control their mind, their emotions, their tongue, their sexuality, their stomach, their other appetites that they have, their money, their actions and reactions. If you can control yourself, you are able to come to that place where the wisdom of God can flow through you. But if you are agitated and you're just doing your own thing, as it were, God really hasn't got control of your life, then how is he going to be able to get through to you that you can set a foundation for a truly great life of peace and prosperity, of blessing and encouragement to raise your children who will bring honor to the Lord and honor to your own family name. So we have to get control of ourselves. And that will save us making lots of mistakes and bringing bad consequences into our life. Well, Nick Watson, there'd be people
0: listening to our conversation now who are bent on choosing the alternative to the wisdom of God. In other words, choosing worldly wisdom. And really, when you started to talk about some of those disciplines, self-control and uh, those sorts of things, I could just sort of feel this. you know There are people listening to us now who are thinking, you know, I don't want to be under any self-control. I want to just go and do my own thing. Uh, That is the alternate to the wisdom of God. There are consequences to actually not having the wisdom of God.
1: Correct. And if you look at, for example, one of the most famous stories Jesus told, the parable of the prodigal son. And he went to his father at a young age. He said, Dad, give me my inheritance. I want to go and do my own thing. I want to go out partying night after night. And the next thing you know, it doesn't say how long it took, but he's completely broke. All his money's gone. He's got no friends. Because as soon as the money ran out, all he had were fair-weather friends. They only wanted what he had. They didn't want him. And he finds himself uh, eating pig food. So he had to go home and get himself sorted out and ask for Dad's mercy. That's the kind of consequences that can come when you lack self-control, when you just want to do your own thing. We've been taking calls,
0: 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from David in Warrnambool in Victoria. Hello, David. Welcome along to twenty twenty.
2: Thank you. Uh, I've just noticed that sometimes when you get a word from God, and especially if it's for other people, they don't necessarily like it, even though it is what they need to hear. Um, What do we do with that? Nick.
1: Well, I think the situation there, David, is twofold. Number one, um, you've got to have that right relationship with people before you can tell them the truth, as it were. They've got to know that you love them and that you have their best interest at heart. So I've used this illustration many times. If the truth is like a steak, a piece of raw steak, you go into the best restaurant in town and you say, I want the best steak in the house, and they bring it out a few minutes later and it's completely Red raw, it hasn't been cooked. It's come straight out of the freezer. There's no vegetables, no gravy, no nothing. It's just a slab of steak. And you look at that and that is the best steak money can buy and you will not eat it. On the other hand, if they bring out that very same bit of steak and it is cooked to perfection. Now, I have to tell you what perfection is. The Bible says the Lord likes a burnt offering. So it has to be well done in order for it to be a Christian meal. So those of you that eat raw food and medium rare, uh, go back and read your Bible about the burnt offering. Anyway, just (laughs) digressing, digressing from that. Back to the illustration. So they bring out this steak and it's perfect. And it has the best sauce, your favourite sauce. It has the best vegetables, uh, you know, those potatoes that are chopped up and crisped on the top and all of that. Now, I'm going to eat that meal as quick as I possibly can. So the steak is the truth, but the way the truth is presented is the love factor. Truth is carried into a person's heart by love. So we have to get that right first. Now, the second thing is. Yes, there are people who don't want to hear the truth. If you present it the right way, one of the things that I've learned to do over the years is not to go and make statements to people but ask questions. And that's often helpful that they're more willing to receive something as a question than what they are as a statement. But look, in the end result, if it's of God, then God can get through to them in more than one ways as an earlier caller said through confirmation and all you can do is do your job if you do your job right then you leave the consequences to god you just say it humbly sweetly positively with a way to help them and you leave it to god to bring it to fruition david from warnambool
0: in victoria thanks so much for being part of 2020 today well running out of time nick uh, almost uh, up to news time Uh, Let me just ask you about your new book. It's called Lessons from My Dog. Yes (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you explained a little earlier without having to re-explain that uh, uh, important lessons from your dog, uh, biblical lessons from your dog. That's an interesting way to talk about this. Faith lifters that bless and build believers. Uh, it's not out yet, it will be sometime soon. And uh, I guess people will be able to get a hold of it in initially. Uh, what sort of what's is there a website that people can connect Yes, access?
1: there is a website. It's called uh, You Can Prophesy, which is named after my first book, so it's www. YouCANProphesy dot com or they can contact me at youcanprophesy.com. P-R-O-P-H-E-S-Y at gmail.com. So you can prophesy at gmail.com.
0: And I note uh, that your earlier book is available through Amazon and uh, people can access that. And, uh, of course, we did mention, too, you are available for any speaking engagements. Uh, Nick Watson, who's author and speaker, his new book called Lessons from My Dog, Uh, one of those is the chapter on wisdom. Uh, Nick
1: Watson, a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. It's been a joy to be here, and uh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.